Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in the NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. or NABIP. We're calling ourselves NABIP with a strong A to represent our agents and brokers, insurance consultants, and other professionals that are a member of our organization. So check out our social media for our countdown to our name change to NABIP on January 1st. Health insurance professionals, particularly those who work on the employer-sponsored end of things, are acutely aware of health reimbursement arrangements, commonly shortened to HRAs, but exactly how many and what types of employers are really adopting and utilizing their HRAs, and what about the growth of other types of HRAs, including individual coverage HRAs or ICRAs. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, I'm joined by Mark Mixer and Robin Paoli, of the HRA Council to discuss the Council's inaugural report. So, welcome to the podcast, guys. Would you mind briefly introducing yourselves for our listeners who may not be familiar with the HRA Council? Sure. Thanks, Dan. Glad to. So, I'm Robin Paoli. I'm the Executive Director of the HRA Council, and uh, we're a fairly new trade association for organizations working on really any spectrum of health reimbursement arrangements. And we were started in mid-2021 and have just finished our our first full year of programming and about to head into a second year of programming. And we're very excited about that. And one of our key focuses was a data report because there hasn't been official data out about uptake on ICRAs or QSERAs, and those are hot topics in the industry. And so we wanted to at least get a baseline going among our members. Yeah, Dan, I think the only thing I'd add to that is the council was founded by a number of organizations to include insurance carriers, HRA administrators, as well as brokerage firms around the country who all gather together in a collaborative nature to really educate those that have heard the the acronym, perhaps ICRA, but don't understand it. So there's a heavy emphasis on both QSERAs and ICRAs, but then to broaden the educational base uh, around HRAs in general. And Mark, you yourself are actually going to be hosting a certification course for NHU in 2023. Is that correct? Yes, part of the council's uh, educational initiative, we reached out and collaborated with NEHU to build a certification course on this. We've got a subcommittee of the council that's been working hard to to try and put together a three-hour certification process for those uh, that will be introduced in the spring of 2023. So we're looking forward to that. So are we. So let's talk about this report that we have referenced already. 
Before we get into some of the details of what the report found, when the council put together this research, what information were you guys really looking for? We decided to start with what we were describing as sort of the lowest hanging fruit, asking our members to collaborate together in a secure, anonymized fashion to be able to safely upload data on ICRA and QSERA adoption, both from the employer point of view and the employee point of view. And because this was our first time collaborating together, we decided that we needed to establish some baselines about how many employers are enacting health reimbursement arrangements for their employees and how many employees are taking advantage of the health insurance that they can have. And so as we go forward, year over year, we're going to add more nuances to our original data report. But we started with some key numbers about how many employers, what they look like, and then some demographics about the employees. So let's discuss some of those key numbers. What can you tell listeners about ICRA and QSERA adoption over the last few years? Did you find that many employers are offering them? Yes, we found that a tremendous growing number of employers are offering ICRAs and QSERAs. And Mark, he is an employer whose employees are covered by HRAs and who also is what's called a third-party administrator, where he administers HRAs for his clients. And so Mark can give you some firsthand insights into this. But what we found in our data report is that what we colloquially were hearing from each other, that more and more people are interested in ICRAs and QSERAs, was borne out by the data. And so ICRAs were introduced in 2020. And from 2020 to 2022, employer adoption has grown by nearly 350%. Just really tremendous growth. QSERAs Qualified small employer health reimbursement arrangements became available in 2017. And so they had already established a really healthy, robust year-over-year growth trend. And we're continuing to see that, that year-over-year more employers enact QSERAs for their employees. It was ICRAs, which is the newer product, which shot up with just tremendous growth. And we see that small businesses are leading innovation in this area. Of course, small and medium-sized businesses were often uh, unable to secure traditional group insurance. And so there was a lot of pent-up demand in those areas. And we divided the report into a section on employers and a section on employees. And since I've been talking about the employers, let me stop for just a moment and ask Mark to fill in both from the report and from his own experience, what we're learning about employers. So yeah, Robin, I think you hit many of the highlights. Let me transcend the question a little bit, come at it from a a different perspective. You've got to ask at some point, a broker is going to sit and go, okay, this is an attractive alternative perhaps for some of my clients, but what makes it attract at its core? I get that there's the potential for for rate stabilization. So CFOs would like it from a budget perspective. It gets the employer out of that annual renewal angst that they've traditionally had to go through every year. But what is it that's driving 
the large part of the excitement around ICRAs, and it's this. It's where individual plans, individual family plans, right? Think healthcare.gov or think exchange on the, you know, on the marketplace, where those prices are significantly lower than what a traditional group model offers an employer. It fuels the excitement around why an ICRA may make sense for that employer. Financial considerations are always a dominant consideration, but they're not the sole consideration. But in many states, more and more, each year as we've gone through this, more and more states are on the side of the fulcrum where their individual family plan rates are less expensive than group rates. And so it's got a whole other element to it when you examine it from that angle, because you begin to then say, well, do we really want to influence the individual market? And what we're finding is the individual market is being stabilized by the hundreds of thousands that are now introduced to ICRAs. So you've got a continued stabilization of the individual market. You've got a continued deterioration of the fully insured small group market, which is evidenced by level funded plans really taking the key number or percentages of those that are small employers. And I'll end with this, small employers are always the early adopters of finding ways to squeeze every penny out of a nickel, right? So it it makes sense that our data is showing that small employers are the ones that are jumping on this bandwagon early. One, they're typically more nimble. Two, they take advantage of the financial savings at a much higher rate than considering all the other aspects that are involved. I hope that makes sense. I hope that gives brokers maybe a different perspective on why this is an exciting topic at this time. And Mark and Dan, the one thing I'd add, Mark's just excellent insights, is that while small and medium-sized businesses are the ones who are driving, definitely, what we're discovering from ALEs, applicable large employers, is that the adoption rate for ICRAs has grown more than 10 times from 2020 to 2022. And so our data, what we used was, you know, how many employers did our member organizations have with HRAs on January 1st of each of those three years? So January 1st of 2020, 2021, and 2022. And for the large employers, more than 10 times growth in that admittedly, they're a much smaller piece of the pie right now than the small and mid-sized employers. But as they get their toes in the water and discover that this is a great option for them, you see this huge year-over-year adoption. Very interesting. Thank you for those insights. So we talked a little bit about the size and types of employers that are taking advantage of ICRAs with the small and mid leading the pack, as you mentioned. But I'm curious, did this report touch on what types of employees are utilizing HRAs the most? I think you're going to find that it that the data, you know, the old saying is if you torture data long enough, you know, it'll eventually give you what you want, is the old saying. But I think we expected to find, and we, we, could, we confirmed it with the data, that a younger component are perhaps the ones to be most early adopting of, of an ICRA, but I think that's consistent with who's in the marketplace, right? The marketplace of smaller employers tends to be made up of younger employees. So I'm not sure that us saying that our data shows an, an average age that's lower than the average marketplace age is more meaningful than just that. 
It's that's who typically makes up small employers. And since they're a bigger part of the share, I think that that's just confirming or validating the data. I would agree with Mark that the data clearly shows that HRAs bring younger employees into the individual marketplace. And as as Mark said, we think in large measure that that's about the kinds of, of businesses that are, are newly able to offer coverage to their employees and are jumping in and doing that now with ICRAs and QSERAs. What I'd say, Dan, is that we used commonly understood age bands, 18 to 25, 26 to 34, et cetera, et cetera, all the way up to 65 and older. And we know that baby boomers are still one in one in every four employee is, is still a baby boomer. So we know that there's a huge population of folks in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who are actively working today. But with ICRAs and QSERAs, they're bringing those younger employees in. So in 2022, 57% of employees using an ICRA or a QSERA to enroll in marketplace health insurance were in that younger half, the 18 to 44 years of age. And the single largest age cohort for HRAs is employees aged 26 to 34, which is significantly younger than the average age of Americans generally covered under the individual marketplace. And a couple of things that we're looking forward to learning in the future, Dan, we want to learn more about dependence. And so for this very first data pool, as we said at the beginning, you know, we are focusing on the data that the majority of our participating member organizations could most easily do in a data pool. In the future, and I, I can't promise whether it's going to be this coming year or the year after, but in the future, we're going to delve into the story about dependent coverage through ICRAs and QSERAs. And what we expect to see is that that brings the ages down even, even younger once we're starting to look at dependents coming in. I do think there's a consistent element, regardless of age, in an ICRA beneficiary that I think most of us as administrators, when we first got into this, we didn't necessarily expect, but was a welcome surprise. The number of employees that come up afterwards and say, thank you for the first time, I'm able to choose a plan that fits my family and I didn't have to get forced into the plan that the employer chose for me. I've been 34 years in this business, and I've always been in a traditional model. And that was a bit of a surprise to me, that employees really appreciated the fact that they had the freedom to choose based on their budget and their health circumstances for their family. And that's, that's one of the benefits of an expert. So was there anything in the results of the report that surprised you? There was. And... I'll try and give you the short version of this. So if you're a health insurance broker, right, and particularly if you live in the individual market, I think you'll appreciate this. Because that's your world, because that's what you do every day, you should be shocked when someone says, well, what's an individual plan, right? What are you talking about, marketplace or Obamacare? Because to you, that's normal. That's your everyday world. For us that are administrators, and and particularly for those of us that founded the council, we live in this and have really since 2016, when the 21st Century Cures Act was expanded to include QSERAs, and then in 2020 to include all sized employers. And yet, just the other day, I'm on the phone with a health and welfare benefit attorney, leading attorney in the nation, 
I asked him, I said, what are you experiencing with your clients in relation to ICRA? And he goes, yeah, most of them have never even heard about it. And that was a shock to me. Right now, you've got to define that a little bit. But I said, what size employers you work with? He said, my average employer has, you know, 150,000 employees. It's sort of relative, right? If you were dealing with micro-sized small groups or, you know, even moderately small sized groups, I think the answer would have been different. But you've got an entire contingency of employer models out there that this is not even on their radar screen yet. So this goes back to the legislation of 401ks that, that go all the way back to 1978. When it first started, no one knew what a 401k was. And here we are, you know, 50 years later, and it's about the only way that employers deliver a defined contribution. And I think we're on a similar path. So speaking of the path that we're on now, we talked about these trends from 2020 to 2022. So you sort of touched on this already. Do you expect the trends of growth to continue into the future for future reports? Yeah, this started with 10 participants who were administrators with the council. As Robin mentioned, we started with kind of a, a crawl, walk, and then run approach. So 10 of us who I would say represent a, a fairly large percentage of the ICRA business kind of in the nation were able to collaborate in, in a protected environment where we're not sharing data amongst uh, competitors, but we were able to blind it. And that type of collaborative effort, I think, can only exist within a council format such as this. Outside of this, I, I don't think you have that agreement, that esprit de corps that you'd be looking for. So we would hope that that anybody, including brokers, would benefit from our collaborative nature. The real question becomes, what do you do with that information? Do you arm it to protect yourself? Because you're getting painted into a corner as a broker. It's one of those old adages, if you don't bring it up to your group client, you know the next guy will. The thing to remember is this is not necessarily broker-driven. This has got nothing to do with being licensed or selling insurance. This is a employee benefit, health and welfare concept. And anybody can share that concept with an employer. So think CPAs, think attorneys, uh, think AFLAC producers who want to generate savings in order to produce money to sell their product. So those that are in the voluntary space. All of those are going to be vying for the ear of your employer client. So we just want to make sure you're armed with, with relevant third-party information that positions you and continues to position you as a professional when you're advising your clients. Thanks, Mark. And Dan, I think, as we mentioned earlier, Mark is working in this world actively, and so he's having conversations every day with folks, whether from the broker and advisor influencer side or from the employer side. You know, so he's got on the ground intelligence he's getting every day. And then from my viewpoint as the executive director and just talking with our members, there was general excitement for open enrollment this year. And of course, we're still in open enrollment for marketplace plans and an expectation that we'd see more of this kind of growth. And what we plan to do, Dan, is I told you earlier that our, our initial data report, we asked folks to provide data from January 1st of each of those three years, 2021 and 22. And so in after we get through open enrollment and after the first of the year, 
we're going to ask our participating member organizations to share their statistics as of January 1st, 2023, based on this open enrollment. And then we're going to be able to have an update in the spring on this report. And we do expect to see more growth building on this growth. And I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you how much that'll be or if we'll see the same extraordinary take-up breaks among large employers as we've seen, or just more of that steady innovation and growth among small and medium. But we, we are expecting more growth and more adoption. All that being said, is there anything else that we haven't discussed that you would like to touch on? Dan, there are two things that I'd like to touch on. One is that we're seeing national adoption. So ICRAs and QSERAs are being offered by employers in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. And I think that's really crucial for our brokers to know is that it's happening in every single state in the District of Columbia. Uh, The second thing is that we welcome brokers into the council, and we're continuing to build out programming for brokers, and including, of course, the, the really signature training that Mark is leading. But there's a home for brokers to learn more about HRAs in the HRA council. Mark, what do you think? Perhaps one angle of it that, that oftentimes is not talked about is where does the federal administration sit on this? You know, some administrations are very anti uh, sort of new ways of doing things. The Biden administration, we expected that there may have been some discovery around this or a deeper look. And then yet they've gone uh, the opposite way. Sosio and CMS in this year's current open enrollment are now asking questions on the applications of those enrolling or applying for individual coverage as to whether or not they're an ICRA recipient, an ICRA beneficiary. So that that lends at least a, a bit of a spotlight inside the federal government's look at this, that this isn't going anywhere. I think it's another angle that oftentimes gets missed is this is not a silver bullet. Not every employer is going to benefit from this, but where the stars align, the benefits are tremendous. And they move the needle to a degree that no other health and welfare benefit idea has moved it in the last 30 years that I've been a part of it. So from that angle, it's it's an incredibly exciting new offer. If the folks listening are interested in the HRA Council and the work that you are doing, how can they learn more? Dan, they can go to www.hracouncil.org. And uh, there's our website. We're making this report available to the public. There are, of course, more resources to folks who join. And so people can learn more about us there. They can explore the possibility of joining. And they can certainly download the report. And Nahu will have a link directly to our report as well. It is now time for the NHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. So, Robin, who are we toasting to this week? Dan, this week, we're toasting the contributing HRA Council members who shared their data securely and anonymously to create this report. And they are Benefit Bay, Flight, Health Sherpa, HRA Simple, OneBridge, NextBen, PeopleKeep, Stride, Take Command, and Zizzle Help. And a special toast to my colleague, Mark Mixer, who's on our board, who joined us today. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour. 
the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit NAHU.org.